showing Karen a minute ago, um, when again, I, I didn't know till this morning that Jackie wasn't, wasn't here. Um, wrote down the word trust. Wait for the Lord. I guess I could give you back the Bible. And the um, another, where's another place where we hear that term about waiting for the Lord? The one I, when I think of is there's in Isaiah, I think sixty one where it says, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And I would be very curious to know if this word, because this is out of Psalm, I can't remember where that one's out of, 27? Yeah. Um, if that word wait in Isaiah 61 is the same one, same word that's used here in Psalm 27. The word wait, we've talked about this before in the Isaiah passage, they that wait upon the Lord, they'll renew their strength. I mean, for some of us that all we do is we just, we just know we memorized things in King James. I don't even know what New American says or some of the other ones. Uh, <clears throat> Have our strength renewed. We mount up like wings, like eagles. Run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. So, clearly all that is hinging on one word, they that wait. Well, that, it would be a good idea if I knew, because perhaps you've heard as I, uh, w what does that mean? Waiting. I don't feel terribly renewed. Um, as I'm twiddling my thumbs, and some would say, oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't mean twiddling your thumbs waiting. It means waiting as in a waiter and serving. Those that serve waiting like a waiter, okay. Well, that makes sense. Just doesn't happen to be true. Just doesn't happen to be the, the, the what that word really means. If you look up that word in, in Isaiah, um, one of the descriptions is, it's a picture of a rope. And they're bound together to where you can't tell where one begins and the other ends. And they're, they're just bound together. Okay. That makes sense. When, when that is happening in, in our lives, then the rest of what Isaiah said is true. 
then we can mount up with wings. Then we can run and we can walk in when, when there's this, we're, we're just so bound together with the Lord that almost can't tell where one begins and the other ends and they're just so so how does so how does that happen how how do I ha- how do I get in these relationships where where I have to trust where I have to draw near to him and he'll draw near to me what let's do this differently let's just for trust me for a minute here just just follow me for a minute here i'll i'll connect the dots very quickly um because i think sometimes we're even in 20 people 25 people where we can still be we can still be kind of a diverse group um what if we were 2500 be a whole different deal um i remember going this way a little bit um when jackie and peggy were out uh, a month ago or so how many of us here grew up in a Christian home where um, as the joke goes there was a drug problem you were drugged to church um, every Sunday and Wednesday and Sunday night um, where we grew up in in Christian homes where mommy and daddy were talking about Jesus and 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 they took us to church every time that okay there, there were there's some um how many of us came to know the lord before our 20th birthday for those of you that didn't how many of you came to know the lord in your anybody in their 30s when you came to know the lord okay see one 40s 50s okay represent brother okay um all right then i know one of them just left how many in this group have a master's degree or higher in education okay um how many have a bachelor's degree or okay all right and and again trust me on this one um we're we're all good how many have a ged or some equivalent of a of a ged okay so we're in this group we're a diverse group. So what I have 
also written down is, so what binds us together? Where we have master's level, we have GED levels, um, different experiences. It was a week or so ago. We, we know the answer to my question. The answer to my question is, is an easy, easy answer. What, what binds us together? Right. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with chains that chains rope. Now, now I'm second guessing. Cannot be broken. So, I close that chapter. I only ask you that to say that no matter where we are, I will trust in you alone. I will trust in you alone. So we're a safe group. For some that go to bigger churches, this isn't even a Sunday school class, much less a... But, but we love each other and we care about each other. So this is family. So what do we trust in God for? That's my question. What do we trust in God for? That trusting God versus versus my experiences. Trusting God versus um, my opinions. Trusting God versus my desires. Well, I want, I, I want, I want, I want you to, I want you to work things out this way because I think this way works out better for me. And and why can't you just do what I ask, God? And we're left in a place of. Um, very, very akin to Paul, who, who said, Lord, I've asked you three times. I've asked you three times about this, this thorn in my flesh that I want it removed. And what God say? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. But that's what I will tell you. My grace is sufficient for you. Um, I was talking with somebody earlier in the week about um, the the only term that came to mind is God has the ability to see around corners that I don't. And all I see is what I see. And and therefore, sometimes I pray my speculative prayers because they're based on what I see. And it doesn't always readily occur to me that God sees around corners and can and knows better. 
and thank God he doesn't answer some of the dumb prayers that I prayed um, because they were based on limited sight, limited information. So, um, so now we're back to rather than my understanding, my experiences, what are we trusting God for? I, I can, knowing as little as I know about some of you, I mean, we've talked about two, two things that are prayer requests that we talked about earlier and we're going to pray about here in a little bit. Um, what do we trust in God for? And I'm not asking hypothetically, I'm asking realistically. I'm asking, I'm asking for show and tell, share and tell. I see that hand. Okay, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? What does that mean for Shirley? Okay, okay, that's what we're trusting God for. Um, yeah, we can all, the, the spiritual sounding, you know, but no, we're talking about realistically. We're talking about realistically. You, you, have, you have no way of creating um, customers. You can advertise, you can do whatever you want. Can you make it happen? No. Okay, that's, that's why you trust in God, absolutely. Um, can we take a quick little bunny path here just for a second? We'll come right back to, to that. I was telling Karen, um, and, and I've told two other people since then, for what, I don't even know where it came from last week, um, how many of y'all know Esther, Esther J. Lopez? Is anybody else? Esther, Esther is a, is a force of nature. Um, and Esther's in her mid-70s, just a, just a delightful gal. Esther was in my office earlier, or, or last week, and I was telling her, Karen and I were talking about this last week. We moved back here in 2004. We've been here now 14 years. Um, and in that time, I can't tell you the number of funerals Jackie and I have done together. I, I, have, I have no idea. Um, this is on your, to your point here, Jonathan. And then we'll get back to the trusting part here in just a second. See if this makes sense to y'all. Every funeral we've done, we talk about the person who has passed away 
in past tense. So-and-so was. They were, they, were, they were this, they were that, and they were this, they were that. No, they still are. So-and-so still is all those things. But they're not here doing them. They're not here manifesting those, being thoughtful, being generous, being, being whatever they were here. They still are those things. We are still eternal, to your point, Jonathan. Uh, Y'all just came from a funeral. Um, they still are. They're all those, they are the best version of themselves here, ramped up exponentially. But why do we say were? They still are. They are all those things. They're, anyway, thank you for my little sidebar there. Um, does that sort of make sense? What else is it that is, to, to Shirley's point, that I can't just snap my fingers and wiggle my nose and poof and say the Christian version of abracadabra, which is in Jesus' name, and then poof, it, it happens. Sometimes it does. And there's sometimes that we're still trusting God when it doesn't. We've talked before about um, the easy, easy transition there, Laura, is, is healing. Okay. Y'all know me. You know if you want to talk about God's healing power is gone, well, then you have to argue with somebody else. God's healed me. So, um, and yet, are there those that we pray for for healing? And as a gentleman that used to come to the college every year said, there are some people that have been anointed with enough oil to fill the crankcase of a diesel engine. And they still, okay. That is exactly where, um, that's so, um, so what happens when we're still trusting and we're still waiting? And is it not that trusting and waiting process that does this part that does the rope part that does the drawing near where I'm no longer seeking the thing that I thought I needed and wanted that would make me that would solve all my problems versus God I need you I need you that's what I need, is you. Not the thing I thought would solve all my... If you would just, if you would, if you would, no. 
Not that that wouldn't be wonderful, and, but we were, we were talking a week or so ago about um, how quickly everything is yesterday's news. And we could have everything solved and God is good and he did it and yay God and isn't that wonderful and boy I'm just gonna be happy forever until until the next challenge comes until um, until we need to sell another another portable building and because God you did great and yay you and but here we are again and we need you to do it again and and God has a pretty good track record of taking care of you guys um, and yet he keeps you ever dependent ever dependent lest we think that we have a scheme or a plan or a method or a um, that we, we got it from here, God, because we got a plan. Um, good luck with that. I think God keeps us ever dependent. So, which is the process of the rope. And so he drives us ever closer to him with making us, making maybe making us trust. To hurt us? Heavens, no. No, no, because then again, once again, then I realize it's not the thing I think I, I thought I needed. It's actually him. There's a, um, what's that guy's name? Um, Sang with, went to Baylor, sang with the Gaither vote, David Phelps. David Phelps? Da yeah, David. Michael Phelps is the swimmer guy, right? Yeah, David Phelps. Um, um, has a song that, that talks about, I don't, basically it's, it's, it's I don't need The miracle. I don't need, um, I wish I could remember all the words now, but the chorus is, but God, what I need is you. And that's why I, I said this morning earlier as we prayed when we got started, I know for, for me a lot of times, um, if God wants to come in and, and just like a rushing mighty wind and just overwhelm us, I'm all for that. But if God wants to just speak into your ear quietly, peace be still. I'm okay with that. Ultimately, who knows what I need most, me or God? 
God knows what I need. I may think I need X, Y, Z. He knows what I really need is, is peace for my soul. And if I have that, where I think I need, well, if, 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 well I, I can do this and that would bring peace. Or I need to be overwhelmed. I need to, to know once again and be encountered with something that is overwhelming, uncontrollable. So, um, let's look at one, one of them we've already talked about. We, uh, yeah, the the, uh, the Psalm one, if you would, Michael, that we were we were talking about this morning. Um, and the reason the reason we did this one is it's all Carlene's fault. Um, it, it it is Carlene's fault. Um, what's today's date? Okay, you, you see the correlation? Yeah. See how lazy I can be? Um, um, but you actually had a neat little deal where you add 30, and then so the next one would be Psalm 39. And then, and, and when you do that, you have. Well, You were a teacher. Never mind. Yeah. So, um, so having to have a start somewhere. Um, I think it's um, verse ten. Let's uh, go to verse 10 just for a second. Let me make sure and we'll kind of get to it, Michael. Um, yeah. Now let's go back and just kind of read it from, from beginning to end. That's, that's not the end of the whole psalm, but um, To me, this one's a little bit different than than a lot of the psalmist um, and how he normally his writing style for David is is he usually will will list what I call the how long, O Lords, how long are you going to let this happen? How long are you going to how long? How long? Why aren't you doing something? Why don't, why don't you get them? Uh, make them stop. Um, but then somewhere around the middle of the, of the psalm, he will use a, usually use one of two words. He'll usually use the word, nevertheless, or however, or but. He starts out this one. I will give thanks to the Lord 
with all my heart. And I will tell of your wonders. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. And then it begins. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before you. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne judging righteously. You have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy has come to an end in perpetual ruins. And you have uprooted the cities. The very memory of them has perished. But the Lord abides forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the peoples with equity. For the Lord also will be a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Nor will he ever. The psalmist also uses a those those terms of the forever and evers the forever and evers so i i don't i don't want to pressure anybody but I, but i think it's important sometimes when we when we're just among family and we say I'm trusting God for above my my own knowledge, above my own experiences, um, above my own beliefs. I have a friend that's struggling. I have a friend that's struggling with his the way that he has packaged God isn't working and he doesn't know what to do um, he doesn't know what to do because it's not working so he's having to trust God even above his belief system, somehow it went, it, went, it went awry, and it has gone awry. We could talk till the cows come home. It doesn't. How many of us know that God can do more in three minutes than we can do in three years of talking? God can do more instantly. But, it, but there has to be that, that crisis, that thing that that binds us, that thing that when things aren't going the way I planned, and this isn't how I plan my life. I have another friend that, you know, she's back home with her mom and dad at 30. I think that's the way she planned her life. It's not the way she planned her life, but she is. Okay. Trusting God. 
Anybody else want to? What do, what do we? What do we not have a plan B for? And God, you you got to do. I, I, I'm trusting you to do what you're going to do because I don't have a plan B. I've got I got nothing. Yes, ma'am. Welcome to the club. Even though that very idea is so contrary to a normal way of, I, I love you if, I love you when, I, if, if you meet my needs, then, oh, that feels good, and, and I will love you because you met my, God has no such standard. He just loves because he is. It's not terribly complicated. I got you. Right. So why do people have There's a, sometimes a long answer to that. Um, but your point is still exactly right, Pat. I, I was talking to a gal um, here when I was in Blanco. Met with, with a gal down there and and basically said what you just said. When she told me her whole tale of woe my response was um, Respectfully, I mean, and I, I'm, I'm making a short response that was a little bit longer. I said, you're not unique. You're not unique. Right. I said, you, your, your circumstances that happened to you, all those things that have caused you to be angry and hurt and distrustful and people who were who were charged with loving you and nurturing you didn't, okay? Um, tracking right with you there. You're just like the rest of us. You just want to be loved and not hurt. You, you just want to be taken seriously and not patronized. Um, that's all all of us want. Is But when you get to 
something that's not complicated. I am loved. It changes everything. That we don't serve out of, out of, because a piano will drop on us if we don't. It's like, what is a proper response to somebody that would love me like that? Well, it would be to draw near to somebody that would love, who knows me. Not, and again, we talk about this all, not back when I used to be, when I used to be, I don't want you to know what I thought and did last week, much less. Um, we only got one argument. We were talking about that the other day. We were just tired and frustrated and I probably said and did some things that were unbecoming of me, but um, so, but God still loves me. And it changes everything when, because you're right, how can I love somebody else when, first of all, I don't know that I'm loved and maybe I don't even love myself. And so it changes everything. So that trust that you're loved is monumental, changes everything, changes everything. Somebody else? We'll still be the Baptist, the crazy gals if, you, if we, okay. <laughs> Okay, let me, let's play the other side just for a second, Ruth, because, good Lord, infinitely smarter than me. It doesn't mean that you don't pray and ask. And pray and ask in confidence. Um, told somebody else here recently, I'll make this very, very short, of when, when we moved back here and bought the house that we bought that Y'all all know the story that we, we couldn't afford. Made our offer, wasn't enough. Um, and our realtor, the listing realtor, and the, uh, the mortgage gal, all three lowered their rates so we could get into the house. Yeah, and so Jackie being Jackie, um, over here in the little community center, sitting at a table, remember exactly where we were, and being his sarcastic self, said, you know, that reminds me of that scripture where God says, I just hate giving good gifts to my children. Um, he said, you know where that, no, right. So, so, does God love giving good gifts to his children? Yes. Is he obligated to answer every stupid prayer that I pray? No. Thankfully, no. Um, does he owe me an explanation? 
No, he's God. He ran this universe just fine without me. He'll run it just fine without me again. Um, no, he doesn't owe me. He's God. But is he good all the time? Yes. Does he love us all the time? Yes. Does he want to hurt me? Heavens, no. Does he want me to draw? What, what was it somebody said? And I, I realize it's a play on words, and you'll get the concept. You'll get it. Um, God may hurt me, but he won't harm me. He may hurt me, but he won't harm me. Something may be painful in the moment. And it may be hurtful, but he won't harm me. He will never harm me. Isn't that kind of akin to, what was it, the lion, the witch, and the could talk about Aslan? Is he safe? It's a lion. But he is good. He's always good. He's always good. So, um, thank you for just kind of listening as we just kind of just process a little bit together what what I will trust in you alone and the only thing I had had written down was was trusting God even even above my desires above um, anything so back to Ruth and we'll you know, it, it's not a, it's not necessarily a case sarah sarah. I can still ask, and I can ask in confidence, as as one that, you know, as you, know, you all know, being being born paralyzed from the waist down. Again, if you want to argue about whether God heals, you got to argue with somebody else. So whenever I pray for healing for somebody. I have an absolute expectation that it's going to happen. Does it always? No, it doesn't. Um, that's why he's God and I'm not. And, and he doesn't owe me an explanation, but I'm still going to trust him no matter what. No matter what. Let's pray. Father, that's our position. It's our story and we're sticking to it. That you, you are for us and you're not against us. You love us and we are loved and we're accepted and we're blessed. forgiven and we're we're embraced by you and in that that thing that just doesn't roll off the tongue very easily for us sometimes we're embraced by you and we bring you unspeakable joy
because we're yours. Not because of our performance, but because we're yours. And so we will tell you, again, our story is we trust that you are good all the time, that you are for us, but we trust you more than our experiences. We trust you more than our intelligence. But oh, for grace to trust you more. And trust you to even supply that for us. And Father, it's in your name that we even pray. Amen.